Synth Electronic Music Show brought to you by the Coastal Electronauts here in Whitstable. My name's Peter Coyle and I'm joined by Clive Walpole here live in the Sonic Shed. Uh, hiya Peter, yes it's great to be here. Yeah, well we had sad news this week that uh, Peter Snowvieff died. Yeah, it was a bit of a shock, but, um, well I don't know he was getting quite old but it was still a shock. Yeah, and uh, he was a pioneer early electronic instruments of his company EMS and produced the VCS3 and the Synthi 100. Yeah, he set up the uh, EMS studios in Putney and he was the first person to incorporate a commercial computer in control of an analogue synth as well. The right. big uh, the Synthi 100, a giant sort of synth. Yeah, yeah. the analogue solutions have done their sort of versions of it recently, haven't That's they? That's right, yeah. His parents were like um, Russian aristocracy who lived in London, didn't they? Yeah, they, they sort of escaped from Russia, I think, and um, yeah, settled in Britain. These offices were they were on, were they on a boat? They were on a boat on the, they were on the on the um, Thames, weren't they? Originally, they, they were on a boat, and then he set up a permanent studio. And I know that when he closed down the studios, I think he offered it to the nation. These things, and nobody took it on, and mm. it ended up in a basement. A lot of it got damaged. Yeah, just original stuff. Criminal. Yeah, yeah. Well, so we're starting off our tribute tonight with uh, one of his pieces from uh, the album Electronic Calendar, the EMS Tapes. This is uh, called Tristan. Uh, yeah, this is... Uh, with Hans Werner uh, Hens. Hans Werner Hens, yeah. It's from his double album. Why? 
Sinoviev wasn't, uh, he wasn't really interested in popular music as such, was he? No, no, he was very much an experimentalist and, uh, and a technologist as well, uh, I think you could call him, yeah, musical technologist. And he was very much into computers as well, early computers yeah. Oh, and yeah. developing yeah. that, and yeah. he was... Well, that's a good example, because that, what that was doing there is kind of like sample and hold, and it was taking piece, uh, pieces, like snatches of music that were put into it, and then the PDP-8 was reinterpreting it and then feeding it back into the um, analogue synth and playing right. it back again. And that was, uh, that was from, I think, 1975, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, that was pre-MIDI. <laughs> <laughs> So the next uh, track is from Benj, who uses a, a VCS3 from his album where he uses one synth per track. Yeah, yeah, that's from his uh, album... Um, uh, 20 Systems. But yeah, that's right, 20 Systems, and uh, each, yeah, each track features a particular synth, and this is the, uh, um, I think it's uh, 1969 VCS3.
VCS3 didn't have a keyboard, did it? So not originally. No, it was it was the VCS3 stood for voltage controlled studio. So the idea was it was a standalone experimental music studio, and it even went down to the point of the oscillators having the vernier controls for the frequencies that you have on a on a test tone oscillator. Yeah. Could precisely set them to. Uh, like on a vernier scale, yeah. but it uh, it lends itself to more experimental music. Yeah, well, it? a lot of the stuff was it had a joystick as well, so a lot of yeah. stuff was dubbed with a joystick. Yeah, rather than a keyboard. On that on that piece, is particularly they sound like emulations of natural sounds in a way, like bird sounds and just pulsating. Yeah, and you get those sort of gongy sounds out of it as well, like you mm. get with a bukla in a way. Standout synth, really. And I think it's it's kind of. In between the East Coast and West Coast oh, traditions, yeah. it's, it's sort of, you know, it's got the analog yeah. type filters that uh, Moog would have, sort of non-musical, non-keyboard yeah. approach that uh, a bookler would have. Yeah, and of course it was famously used with a lot of Doctor Who stuff, so it was that kind of incidental electronic sort of realisations, they called them then, didn't they? Sounds within it. Well, he worked with Dilly Derbyshire mm. and Brian Hodgson, he did, yeah. Um, involved with that, that whole scene, wasn't he, really? He was, he was. So the next piece we've uh, we've got is from Curved Air. Yeah, Curved Air. Um, Curved Air's um, Francis Monkman um, worked, worked quite closely with Peterson's IVF and this the album Phantasmagoria, that was a lot of the tracks in it were actually recorded in the uh, studios at Putney. And this was... Um, I saw them do this live, actually, in quadraphonic. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so you hear the violins shooting around the room and being processed by the VCS-3. But this one isn't so much... This is more the violin of Daryl Way playing and the VCS-3 running in the background. So it's, oh. it's like, you know, there's ultra Vivaldi and Vivaldi with cannons and there were several different versions of Vivaldi they did. I think um, Johnny Fewings does the uh, other show on the, on this, on the station here. Yeah, he saw Curved Air, didn't he? He's a, he's a, yeah, another Curved Air fan. We had a little chat with, with him when when we did the last one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So this is a Vivaldi with cannons. Yeah, Curved Air.
Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's using the, um, what, what they called on the VCS3, what we'd normally call an envelope gener generator. That's using the trapezoid generator. Right. But uh, it was used for generating tones as, as well as, you know, differently to, to another synth where you'd use it for just the... Um, the uh, actual audio levels. Yeah. yeah. Well, we couldn't, uh, couldn't do a tube out, including On the Run by Pink Floyd, a classic sort of. Yeah. Uh, was done on the synth um, suitcase, wasn't it? Yeah, the little suitcase, synth, which was a, the VCS3 in a, in, a, in a briefcase, which would be lovely to have, actually. But uh, yeah, and this is sort of the go to um, sequence that if you, if you buy yourself a sequence, you say, oh, I've got to do On the Run. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's like the equivalent of the um, Stranger Things, I suppose. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so it is. Yeah, yeah. That's that's it. It's either on the run or Stranger it. Things. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it sounds fantastic. Oh, it does. Sonics, wasn't it? Yeah, I love that. It's um, yeah, the big crash at the end as well. That was, uh, that 
it's amazing. <laughs> yeah, epic. Yeah. So we're carrying on the uh, Peter Snovia tribute next with a um, Mike Hankinson piece. Yeah, Mike Hankinson's a uh, British organist, uh, but he brought out this quite quirky uh, album in 1972 called The Unusual Classical Synthesizer, and it's a bit of um, uh, classitronica, but it's all done on a VCS3, which mm. is unusual, because uh, you associate a lot of the classitronics as done on either arps or mugs, isn't it? Yeah. yeah so, and it just shows you the versatility of the machine. You think of it as being one for effects and sounds and experimental, but it also quite capable synth for producing um, classical music. Oh, I've heard this. But this is a the Italian concerto by Bach. Piece, isn't it? Well, you can tell he's a classical organist because it's just the way he's played it, playing it. And uh, yeah, it is, yeah, yeah, I think it stands up really well. Using so, uh, monosynths um, 
really works well with Bach because it's just like you're playing each instrument, which would be a solo instrument anyway, like a you know, trumpet or, or a, you know, horns or... It, it, it does, yeah, that's why it works, yeah. And it's, it's, it, it has a very precise form of music as well, mm. which, which lends itself to the synth. Yeah, yeah. Like, like, like a sequence. Yeah, yeah. So we have a little break from the Aznoviev tribute to play one of your tracks from your forthcoming album. Yeah, I've got. A, I'm working on an album. Should be coming out in a couple of weeks now, called Faults, and it's. Uh, what were you thinking? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, as I say, in Essex Faults. <laughs> uh, it was. Um, it's a concept album, really. It's, it's sort of inspired by the Mournful Faults that are in the Thames Estuary, the big metal faults that stand there like sentinels out there, and uh, each track is a reflection either of what happened in the fall or, or the environment of the fall. Uh, oh. And uh, this is this is a third track called Sirens and it's inspired by obviously the idea of the sirens in the war and the sirens of the sea. And if you hear the birds calling and that, that, that actually nest on them as well. Mm-hmm. Those sort of sounds echoing through the faults. So it's, it's just that sort of interpretation. Lovely. What's this? This is Sirens. Sirens. By Alanog. (laughs) (laughs) Alanog. My new name. Analog Mechanic.
you in, doesn't it? Yeah, I hope so. I used a bit of uh, field recording that as well, some of the goals in there, and treated the gold sounds as well. Oh, and excellent. large use of the um, the Behringer 2600 on there, and uh, my Pittsburgh, which I was, was my go-to synth as well. Oh, I think Peter Snowview would be proud of that. Oh, well, that'd be really nice if he was. <laughs> that sort of experiment to it and uh, mixing of the um, natural sounds is the thing it's he was doing. It's working with sound textures, that's what I like. Mm. It's just textures. So going back to our, our tribute, we have a piece by Klaus Schultz. He used the VCS3 extensively during the 70s mainly. Yeah, yeah, the VCS3 was used by him and, uh, and also Tangerine Dream used the VCS3 quite a lot as well. Yeah. This piece is a long piece, but we'll play us an excerpt from it. Mm. Uses the VCS3 and ARP 2600, so Relates to your piece in a way. In a way, yeah, and two two classic synthesizers there. This is uh, an excerpt from Totem by Klaus Schultz.
That's an excerpt from Klaus Schultz's Totem. Yeah, it's sort of very much Berlin school there going on. It's nice, isn't it? That yeah. Sort of... A bit more ambient, I suppose. Yeah. A bit more laid back. Yeah, yeah. And the v- you can hear the VCS3 VCS chirping above the... Uh... They're sort of chirp- ch- yeah, little, little um, filter chirps yeah. going through all that. Peter Snowbiff was um, working as a composer all the time, and, uh, and his last album he released last year was a um, collaboration with cellist Lucy Railton and did an improvisation using computers and processing. Apparently he used custom software to model the um, cello as well. Ah. And using the tr- a cello in, in uh, improvisations, they combined it into a into this 35-minute piece mm. called RFG Inventions, the cello and computer.
an excerpt from RFG Inventions for Cello and Computer by Peter Snerviev and Lucy Relton. Yeah, it's a really interesting sort of use, use of, sort of different sounds there. It's sort of quite ominous as well, wasn't it? Sort of like... I hadn't realised he'd, he'd made this until I started to look into his work. And, no, uh... this is new, new to me as well. I've got quite a bit of his stuff on using synths mm. computers, but not He's inventive and he's, you know, using computers and uh, technology to its utmost. And, uh, well, I mean, I relate to it because it's a very similar area to the Automatic Writing Circle with yes, uh, yes. Thomas Gardner who I worked with. Um, we improvise with, you know, he plays the cello and we use a, ma- a maximum SP tra- uh, set up to improvise with. But yeah, I'm really into that and, oh, no, brilliant. Yeah, it was really good. I enjoyed mm. that. We have to include a bit of Tim Blake, didn't we? Oh, yeah, Tim Blake, Crystal Machine. Um, yeah, big um, user of the VCS3, or, or well, it's the double VCS3, so I suppose it's what they called the VCS4. Wow. It's uh, amazing to set up and. Um, yeah, incredible musician, mm. um, unique, really, and I uh, do always love his stuff. And I, I listen to it regularly now, still. Thought, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh, it really stands up. It really feels contemporary. Yeah. And we got a, like a, um, we do have a connection with it here because he he played at the Sea Sorter Festival, which is uh, yeah. Next, it's, it's part it's, of Whistable, really, isn't it? It is part. I think of Sea Salter as part of Whistable. Yeah. It's a suburb of Whistable. It is, yeah. But yeah, this is a um, live version of Last Ride of the Boogie Child. Thank you. 
The booginess there, wasn't it? And it really did show the uh, VCSRI's sort of versatility there as well, with all its, its sound making capabilities. Yeah, yes. Yeah. It does have a nice pure tone as well that can be melodic. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And keep the groove going. Yeah. The boogie. <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the, the, yeah, the boogie. Very much, I think it's, yeah, Benj, Benj's work was very influenced by that, I think. It's very similar. Yeah, approach. probably, yeah, yeah. That's a very clear, clean. Um, well, it's interesting because you always think of the VCS3 as being a kind of a noisy synth because mm. it's very easy with a lot of synths to make a, a royal racket with them, but it's it's actually getting when you know a synth and getting exactly what you want out of them, and actually saying you can show a pure tone. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another one we couldn't uh, miss out is um, a bit of, well, Brian Eno. Well, this is music. Brian Eno, yeah. This is Roxy Music. This was their second album. It's the last album Brian Eno was with Roxy Music on. And um, For their egos torn apart. That's right. <laughs> and he, he's not so much a keyboard player in it, but he's a synth user, you know, yeah. a synthesist. And he really does, um, on the solo on this, this is what always gets me on this track particularly, in addition to you... Uh, he really lets rip with, and just shows what um, you can do when you go berserk with a VCS3. <laughs> yeah. Listen up for the solo. Yes. Mm-hmm. 
solo, isn't it? Oh, I love the solo, <laughs> and it's played on a joystick. Yeah. Which is... Uh, right, where it came out of the um, saxophone, and then it went to yeah, the sort of like... In, in, it wasn't in key, it was just, it was just like talking, wasn't it, rather than the tune. That's what I like, yeah, tune. just sort of... Just, <laughs> yeah, finding its way through it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. Of expression. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, Oxford Music were a very influential band that I, I never really got into at all. But, no. Uh, it was I mean, like a pre-punk glam, wasn't it? Well, it was, it was kind of, yeah. It was, I thought it, was, it was stood out because it, I was sort of quite, as you know, into sort of prog rock at the time mm. and that came out and it wasn't really prog rock, but it was, it was difficult to actually categorise it at the time, I think. Yeah. Yeah. The, the range of uh, music that the um, EMS synths have been used in. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, amazing. And, um, well, they're still being used, aren't yeah. they, as well? People still going back to them, and there are loads of versions of the EMS since now in software and yeah. everything now. Well, they still make them actually. Well, they still make them, yeah, yeah, yeah still making them. Uh, and, 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 and the Log Solutions have made their Colossus, which is a tribute to the massive Synthy 100. Yeah, yeah. Which um, yeah, brings us up to date with a Solwax track who they, they used, uh, they happened upon the Synthy 100. Yes. So they made an album with it. Yeah. Called uh, From Dewey. This is our, our banger end track, isn't it? It is indeed. Yeah. Well, this is uh, Missing Wires from Solwax. Thank you. 
track that, isn't it? Yeah, sort of uh, flange drums there as well. That's quite mm. interesting, wasn't it? I like that. Apparently, they recorded that album live with using three drummers. Well, wow. and the and the, um, and the synths and the drum machines and they're so tight. Yeah, yeah, amazing. But uh, yeah, you can hear the um, spring reverb, can't you? Oh and yeah, yeah, very distinctive yeah. sound. Yeah, what a varied amount of different types of music that is used with the, with these inventions. Well, I know, and it, you know, he was a an innovator. I mean, I said, you know, I think of him as like the Britain's Bob Moog sort of. Um, yeah. And uh, and a you know musician in his own right, composing his own right, and uh, and produces such an amazing range of experimental devices that allow people to express themselves. Yeah, amazing. There wasn't. There's not. A, I don't think there's a, any other sort of synth manufacturer or inventor that uh, actually made as much music as well as he he did. No, no. They're no. more sort of technicians. To and... actually be a, a, a performer and a and an mm. inventor. Yeah. Oh, amazing. Yeah. No, very, very... It's a synth I always want lusted after as well. For a synth, but I could never really afford it. Um, yeah. Every accessory at the start, but, uh, Yeah. Very desirable. Yeah. yeah. Ah, well, thanks for listening tonight. Yeah. That was our Peter Snovia tribute. Yeah. Fashion. Sad, but, but inspiring. Yeah. Hope you celebrated with us. Yeah. yeah, join us on the Facebook page and the Twitter. Yeah, yeah, have a, a chat and, uh, and give, give us your um, recollections of that, if you've got any of Peter Zenobius and, and all the, you know... The Music made from the synths. Yeah. Yeah, we on the Coastal Electronauts. Yes. And we'll be back next week. Yeah, bye-bye. Bye.